What's going on, Victory Church? How you doing this morning? Did you see how we timed up the thunder sound effect with the video? Did y'all catch that? That's how spiritual we are at Victory Church. We know how to talk to God midweek and say, hey, can you work that weather out with our intro video? Hi, my name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. If you're visiting with us this morning, I want to say welcome. Thank you. As Malcolm said, thank you for coming through the rain. I do want to take a second. I got to shout out all of our online family. We are really building a, a really strong online family. And so we've got some people watching in Memphis and all over the world, actually. And so we want to say welcome to you. Keep those conversations going on our Facebook Live. I get to read them. We love reading them. We love being a part of them. And we've got team that's looking at that, looking at it for prayer requests. And so it's just incredible, guys. It's incredible what God's already doing. Uh, I think we are now 17 weeks as a church. Come on, can you give God praise for a second? And just, again, uh, stories after stories. We saw four people uh, recommit or commit their lives to Christ for the first time last Sunday. Four people. So God is doing something, again, every week. Yeah, y'all better give more praise for that. Let's try that again. Here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the fall, and we get to a point where we're super excited when things like that happen. Um, so one, one quick announcement that Malcolm didn't do that I want to do personally is invite you to Saturday morning prayer. Uh, while school's out, we get the privilege to be able to come in here and have the, the auditorium for about an hour, 8.30 to 9.30, and we just open it up for prayer. It's super, there's no agenda. You can come from 8.30 to 8.45. You can come from 9.20 to 9.30, whatever works out for your schedule, but we just put music on and give people the opportunity to seek the face of God. Not saying you can't do that at home. You certainly can, but sometimes if you've got kids and responsibilities, it's hard, and so as we're doing a series where we're encouraging you to hear the voice of God, we wanted to give you an opportunity to put that to work. And so you can join me every Saturday for prayer. Uh, it's a great time. I want to take a second and read a testimony. You've heard us talk about it, my story at tnvictory.com. You can send testimonies and allows us to share what God's doing in people's lives through this church. And let me tell you what testimonies are for. Yes, they are to show you that God's working, but I don't think that's where you get confused. I think you're pretty confident that God's working. One of the things I love about testimonies is it shows our dream teamers, the ones who come up here and set up, the ones who get here early morning and, and do all of the hard work, the one who watch kids and, and do all these different things, they get to see that what they're doing is changing lives. So that's what it's about. And so again, if you're here this morning, you're welcoming or you're visiting, we want you to get in Grow Track, we want you to join the dream team and uh, be able to see what God's able to do through you. Watch this. It says, so it's been me and my mom my whole entire life. Wow. We went to church, but most of the time I only went because I had to. Anybody else? Just me? All right. Uh, fast forward 10 or so years, and I had stopped going to church altogether. You know, a little side lesson. When, you, when, when people are forced to go to church because they have to and not because they're meeting a relationship with God, you'll watch they'll eventually walk away from that. And so as a parent lesson, I'm learning this too. We, we can't just let our kids have our relationship with God. They need to have their own. And so I'm learning it too. But it says, I started working at my current job, and then I met Scout. Scout is normally our drummer. As you saw, he was singing today. Y'all didn't know that. He's, he, he's one of those five talent guys. You know what I mean? God gave me a half of a talent, gave him my other four. Um, he started telling me things about God and asking me questions, and all that made me think so hard. I love that Scout understands that this ain't the church. He's the church. Right? You understand that? That's a, again, we'll wait till the fall. Uh, we would literally spend an hour sitting in my car after work and talking about God. Some people in here, God wants to use you, but it's the inconvenience of being used that you won't let God use you through. And once again, I'm telling you, all I got, still got a sermon to preach. I'm going to get on the three of them. One night, he said, God can be the dad you never had. Better watch out. Which was weird because I had never told him anything about my family. And that's the first week I attended Victory Church. Four months later, 
I'm, and I'm a faithful and happy member of Victory Church. Come on, can we give God praise? The, the young lady whose testimony is about me and Darla got to sit down with dinner, and she has got a passion to, to launch a small group with young adults. And so we're, we're working that process. We're excited to announce that in the fall we will, be, we will be launching right now seven small groups across our church that are just going to be incredible. And so God's doing great things. Amen? If you got your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Psalm? The book of Psalms. It's a book of Psalms. The 34th Psalm. I'm sorry, 37th Psalm, verse 4, okay? 37th Psalm, verse 4. I'm going to kind of jump around the Bible a little bit today, but this is going to be kind of the main verse that we really break down. Sometimes I like to take just one verse and kind of chew on it for a while, but we'll kind of hop back and forth between stories of David and different things um, because the Psalm that you're going to read today, David, King David, Goliath killing David, wrote it, and that's going to be very important in the process, okay? So as you're turning there, if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry, we'll have it on the screen as we go through. Uh, We are in a series right now called Seven, as you saw in the intro video called Seven, where we are talking about how to hear the voice of God. We believe as a church that God's prepping us for something great in the fall and into the new year that's going to take a lot of faith, and we know we got to hear God's voice to be able to stand on that faith, and so we're learning throughout the summer while we have the time how to hear the voice of God. We call it Seven because normally there tends to be seven common ways that God speaks to his children. Now, that we're not limiting God. God can speak through a donkey. God can speak through a bush. God can speak through all kinds of things. But normally, if you follow scripture, you tend to see a pattern of seven ways. And we're going to break down those seven ways. I don't think God necessarily speaks to you through all seven. He may speak to you through three, through four, through one. It just kind of depends on how you hear God. Last week we talked about Scripture and how God still speaks through His already spoken Word. And we said we have to train our ears to hear when we speak the Word of God. I don't know, did y'all see, is it called an acrostic? Is that what that's called, the E-A-R? Where you, did y'all catch how I did that? That you had to train your ear with expectation, and you have to train your ear to be attentive, and you have to train your ear to be responsive, and that's spelled E-A-R. Hey, guys, it's not easy to be this creative, all right? Y'all better give me some love, all right? I'm like losing hair trying to make this stuff easy for you to remember. All you got to do, remember the word ear, and it works. There you go, all right? So we talked about Scripture. Today I want to talk to you about our desires and how God speaks to us through our desires. Now, this I struggled with. I did more studying this week probably than I've ever done because I, I, I struggle with understanding that God speaks through my desires. And here's why. I was not raised in church. I got saved at 17 years old. So from 1 to 17, I had no knowledge of Christ. And then it really took me about three or four years before I really started showing fruit from the tree that I was a Christ follower, if you know what I mean. Some of you are still on that. Um, And so whenever I would think about desires, it would go back to this verse right here in Galatians 5, verse 17. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So when I thought about desires, here's how I thought. You had my desire, And you had God's desire, and they just constantly fought. They just beat up. And if I wanted a relationship with God or if I wanted blessings in my life or I had to to forget my desire and cling on to God's desire, I would hear people say this all the time. I hope God don't send me to the mission field. 
You ever heard people say that? I don't want God to like, when, when did we ever get in this process that God's going to make us do something we don't want to do, right? That, that as if his desires for us are completely different than our desires. And I'm going to walk through this because this is the process I had made up in my mind. That Troy wanted to do this. God wanted Troy to do this. And if I didn't do this, I was going to have a really bad life. And so when I hear that God can speak through my desires, I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How is that possible? You know, how does God speak to the fact that I have a desire to get a new car? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if I have a desire to win the lottery or whatever the kind of, pro- like, you know, we start kind of processing our, how does God speak through that? Great question. I want to show you today how God speaks through our desires and how we can hear him through our desires. And here's the question it's going to answer. How does God sanctify resurrect and leverage our desires to speak to us. You ready? Psalm 37.4. Number one, desires are meant to be discovered. Desires are meant to be discovered. Psalm 37.4 says this, delight in the Lord, right? Take delight in in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is one of the most popular verses amongst non-churchgoers, because when they read it, here's what they think it says. Go to church, and God gives you what you want. That's how they read it. And so everybody, you know, we're going to get it tattooed, we're going to stitch it on a pillow, we're going to do whatever we can, because that's the God I serve. If I can go two out of the four Sundays a month, and if I can serve in the nursery one of those, I'm going to get whatever I want. It's not what that verse says. I want you to read it like this. Take delight in the Lord, and he will reveal to you the desires of your heart. Reveal to them. I, I kind of shared this the first or second week of the church, but I don't know if you remember, so I'm going to share it again. When, when I was 17 years old, I didn't know what I wanted in a wife. There was no way. If you would have grabbed me right then and said, Troy, you know, you're 17, you're straight out of high school, we're about to go handpick you a spouse for the rest of your life, you have no idea what you're going to do for your life, you have no, what, what kind of spouse do you want? What, what is the desires of your heart for a spouse? I couldn't have answered you. I could have given you a few answers that certainly aren't biblical, but I, but I couldn't have given you like a legitimate, heartfelt answer. But when I met Darla... And I began to get close to Darla. And I began to spend more time with Darla. It was at that moment that the desires of my heart started to be revealed. And it was like, oh, this is what I want as a wife. This this is what I'm looking for in a spouse. Proving what Psalm's saying is the closer we get to God, the more clarity we have in our desires. When God created you, Scripture says he knits you together in your mother's womb. I believe when God did that, he put his desires, his desires for you in your heart. They're in you. They're in you. Right now, if you've never served God your entire life or if you've been a Christian since the day you pooped in diapers, it does not matter. God put a desire in your heart that matches the same desire he has for your life. The problem is, is we go through life distancing ourselves from him and we no longer are revealed what it is. And so we get around other people and other things and we start to go, oh, this is my desire. Why? Because everybody's doing it. It's got to make sense, right? I've been told that I need a guy who's what, what, dark and tall and handsome, right? That's my desire. No, you need someone who's short and bald, you know? Like, like that's, that's, you have to be able to get close to God to be able to see the desires of your heart. Let me show you. When I was young, my, my dad, well, he still is. He's a painter. 
contractor. He lives in Panama City now. He, you don't even work. You just play on the beach. And so um, he's a painter, and he came to me one day. I'll never forget it in the weekend. And he said, hey, let's paint your room. I said, cool, let's paint my room. He said, what color do you want to paint your room? I said, I want to paint it blue, okay? Blue is my favorite color. I said, I want to paint it blue. He said, cool, this weekend we'll paint your room blue. A couple days go by, we get into the weekend. He comes and wakes me up. He says, come on, we need to go to the paint store. I said, I'm not going to the paint store. I'm in the bed. He said, uh, you need to go to the paint store. I said, I don't need to go to the paint store. He said, you should do it. I said, why? He said, you need to pick out the color. I said, I did pick out the color. I told you blue. And so after he beat me a little bit, he got me out of the bed. And we got in the truck, we went to the paint store. And have y'all ever been to a paint store recently, you know, or, or Home Depot or whatever it is? You go to this area where you pick paint colors, you know what I'm talking about? And there's like these shelves, and they have these little sheets. And so if you were to pick up the blue, it would look kind of like this. This would kind of give you an idea if you were to pick up one of those things representing the color blue. It would look something like this. This is just a few of them, okay? There's like 30 of these things. Look, you got Hing Ting Blue, you got Blue Babble, you got Resonant Blue, Revel Blue, Copen Blue, Liberty Blue, Blue Hill, Leisure Blue, Timid Blue, Languid Blue, Windy Blue, Minor Blue, Hyper Blue. Who knew? You should have Who Knew Blue, right? Like what? There are so many blues. All I wanted was blue. Why do I have to have all of these options? Watch this. When we start trying to choose our desires, we deal with this. This is what life looks like. Uh, whether it's a sexual desire, whether it's an emotional desire, whether it's a physical, it doesn't even, you have all these options in the world. And here's what the world's doing. We're just making more options, right? <laughs> you you, you want to go to the men's bathroom or the women's? We'll just make another one. We'll just constantly make different options so that you can get to a place where your desire is found. You need to just think really hard. Here, here's what I can't stand. I, I've mentored a lot of young people in my life. I can't stand when people ask this. Hey, what do you want to do with your life? That's a real silly question. Because if you ask me that, I can only do one of two things. One, I can go off of what I've experienced, Right? Or I can go off what I know, and both are not enough. And so if I go off what I experienced, I looked at, well, who makes a lot of money, right? Well, I, I know dentists make a lot of money, so maybe I want to be a dentist like Malcolm. And then Malcolm tells me about school debt, and I'm like, I don't want to be a dentist no more. You know, there's all these different desires that we have. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? That's really difficult to ask you because then you have to search in and go, uh, I don't know. My, my inner desire was to be an NBA basketball player. Do you see the problem? I do. Right? And so, so here's the deal. I look at LeBron James. LeBron James is the same age as me. It's sad to me. All these desires. Watch this. But as we delight in the Lord, as we get closer. Go ahead and put that next picture up for me. As we get closer to God, all of these options start to get clearer and clearer, and clearer, and clearer, and clearer, blue. All these desires, how could I ever know the desire that God stitched in me? David told you, take delight in him, and as you get closer to him, he will begin to open up your heart and bring clarity and revelation to what he put in there to begin with. I'll give you an example. 
Uh, and I'll tell a little bit about this down the road or at the end of the sermon. But I, I had a spiritual father back in Memphis, and he was running a, a, a internship program. And I went to him, and I wanted to serve in ministry. And I said, hey, you know, I had been in youth ministry for years. I said, I need you to put me in the youth ministry, you know, category. And this guy, he retired from FedEx. You know, he's, he's an older, wise guy. He, he, he's black and white, cuts to the point. And so here's what he tells me. He looks at me and he goes, Troy, we're going to put you in the kids' ministry. And I'm telling you the dead truth. If he's watching, he'll know. I looked at him and I said, you're an idiot. Like, that's the dumbest thing. I've ever, have you met me? Like, do you, what, what about me needs to put me in kids' ministry? At that moment, it made no sense, right? But again, some of you, God has called you to areas in your life that don't make any sense. And the only reason it don't make sense is because you're so far away from God that you don't know what he put inside of you. But the closer you get to him, the more it begins to become obvious. Let me show you an illustration that hopefully you'll never forget that connects this biblically, okay? In case you don't know, um, God told a prophet by the name of Samuel to go to Jesse, who is David's dad, go to Jesse's house and anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king, okay? If you know the story, this is where King David or where David gets anointed to be king. So Samuel goes to the house of Jesse. He walks in and says, hey, God sent me here to anoint one of your sons to be king. And the Bible says that Jesse goes and gets his sons and lines them up for inspection. Okay? Boom, 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 boom. Now, here's what's interesting. Before uh, Samuel started processing the kids, God told Samuel, remember, I don't choose by appearance. I choose by heart. Why would he say that? Let me show you. Samuel walks in. Jesse lines up all his sons. And here's Samuel, and he comes, man, this kid's looking good. He's buff, good looking. He, he, man, this got to be him. God says, nope. Oh, my bad. Oh, look at him. Ooh, he's, oh, man, he looks good. Man, he's built, got a nice tan from working outside, got a good head on his shoulder. This is got, what, what got? Nope, okay. And he continues this process, and he gets to the last son, and he goes, all right, well, it's got to be him. It's the last one. Got to be him. God says, no. Samuel looks at Jesse. He says, hey, problem. Do you have another one of these? Because the, the ones that I have, God said, do you have another one? And Jesse's like, ah, yeah, I do got another one. He's out there tending the sheep named David. And Samuel says, go get him. Watch the process of how this is parallel to our desires. When we choose our desires, we line up all of the desires that we think are in our heart, and we present them to God. Here you go, God. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Because we are judging by appearance and not heart. Most of the desires we have in our heart come because someone else succeeded when they did them. And so we, oh, they look good. Like, listen, if you ever want to know how your desires don't match up to somebody else's, go try to wear an outfit that they wore. You ever done that? Or you ever been to a store and seen an outfit on a model? And you're like, oh, man, I'm buying that. And you put it on, you're like, you don't look nothing like it. What happened? Right? Because that wasn't supposed to be for you. We line up all these desires for God. God, this has to be it. This just makes sense. They make $100,000 a year. It's got to be the desire. Nope. All right? This has got to be it. Because, man, when this happens, I'm like a star, and everybody gets to worship me. It's got, nope. And the whole problem, well, what's my desire? God says, you don't even realize what it is. You've got it out in the sheep pen. But when you get close to me, you start to realize, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. What is it? Where is it? 
God says, exactly. You are neglecting the very thing that I put in your heart to get you where I called you to be. Why? Because it doesn't make sense to your eyes. We try to label our desires based off of the appearance. And so David said, get close to God. Take delight in God. And when you do, the true desires of your heart will become discovered. So before God can ever speak to us through our desires, we have to get close to God and discover what they really are. Number two, desires are meant to be directed. Psalm 37, 4, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Who will give you? Who? Hey, hey, welcome to Victory Church. So nice. We'll start over real quick. Y'all ready? Hey, my name is Troy. So nice to meet you. Let's try this again. Who will give you? The Lord. All right, there we go. The Lord will give you. Listen, there's always going to be someone there to direct your desires. You have to choose who it's going to be. For some of you, you let your friends choose your, or direct your desires. Some of us, we let our parents direct our desires. That's why we play a sport that we could care less about, but they're living vicariously through us because they're directing our desires. You see what I mean? Don't act like you've never seen it before. You go to the game, you got that one parent who's like faces up on the chain. You need to hit that ball, son. It's like, no, you need to go back and try out for Little League or something. What's going on? You're trying to force. They're trying to direct the desires of their children. Someone will always try to direct those desires. Let me show you. This is so much fun. I, I purposely wrote this in just for this reason. Let me show you how we like to direct our desires and blame them on God. You ready? I think I need to do this. You do? Yeah, God told me. No, he didn't. Here's how I know. Because two weeks later, God told you something else. Right? What that is, is when we try to direct our desires and then we put the God label on it so that the spiritual help in our life won't be able to question it. God said, no, he didn't. He didn't say that. Every God-given desire lasts until it gets to its destination. And I'm going to show you that at the end. So if you get a desire and two weeks later you get a different desire, first one won God. It was probably you. We have to learn to let God direct those. When you delight in the Lord, he gives, he directs. Because listen, every other person will misdirect our desire. And watch this. Sin is misdirected desire. Let me prove it to you. When God created you, think about it. Every, every sin that's ever been commit, committed started at the root with a God-given desire. I was given the desire uh, for sexual intimacy. I was given that, and God directed it for what? Marriage. God directed it. We take it, and we direct it our own way, and now you produce pornography and human trafficking and all these different things that are sins that were rooted at one time in a God-given desire. But misdirected desire leads to sin. Pleasure. God gave us the desire for pleasure. If you don't remember, in Genesis, he said God created uh, in six days, and he looked at it, looked at his creation and said to, he was pleased with it. He was, God was pleased. God wants you to have pleasure. The problem is we take it and we direct it, and we end up getting it misdirected, and it leads to sin. Worship. 
Worship was a God-given desire. There's not a human being in this church who does not desire to worship. You may do it differently. That's fine. That doesn't matter. But in your heart, you desire to worship because that's a God-given desire because in heaven, we will worship God for eternity. Why would he make you do something forever that he didn't give you a desire to do? He's not that kind of God. Quit giving him that stipulation. So God gives you the desire, but watch this. Then we misdirect it. Now we got American idols. You know what I mean? It's just that kind of process. There's a story in the Bible. I love it. It's my favorite story. Um, Moses is leading the Israelites, and he has to go up on the mountain to conversate with God, get the Ten Commandments, those kind of things. And the Israelites are getting bored. All right, I'm going to put that verse up for me. I'm going to actually read it from here because it's pretty funny. It says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, hey, come make us something to worship. <laughs> this is not crazy. Hey, Moses, he's taking too long, right? Like, the pizza is late to deliver. Can you just meet me? Like, where is, can, hey, Aaron, hey, Aaron, can you just come make me something else to worship? Because I'm, I, I have a desire to worship, but I don't have any direction. Because the one who was giving me direction went up the hill, and he ain't back yet. So can you give me something to worship? Here's my favorite part. Aaron says, sure. Watch this. Says that Aaron, so all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. All right? So they took off all their jewelry. They got it from, what's the place you get your jewelry from? Uh, Jared. They got it all from Jared's, and they took it to Aaron's. And he said he took what they handed him, and they made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They made a bling, bling cow. They melted all the jewelry down, made a bling, bling cow. And then here's my favorite part. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel. Watch this. Who brought you out of Egypt? How stupid do you have to be? That bling, bling cow didn't get you out of Egypt. You were out of Egypt before you even made the cow. How do, you, how do you process in your mind? Moses, God led you through Moses, but he's taken too long, and you got this desire to worship, and you just, can you just make me a cow? You just make me a cow. I need, I need to, you just make me a cow so I can worship something? Listen, their desire was not wrong, but it had no direction. God gives us desires. Your desire is not wrong, church. It just needs direction. Do any of you sing along to music when you listen to it? Let me ask this. Do any of you who can't sing, sing along to music when you listen to it? I'm the worst, okay? I've been begging this worship team to let me sing since we launched this church, and they won't. Um, and, but if you let me get in the car, I think I've said this before, my biggest thing right now is the Greatest Showman soundtrack, right? It's just oh, it's saving my world. And so I'll get in there, and I'll play it, and I'll be like, I don't even know what a song is, but I'm just, you know, ah! I'm screaming loud. The embarrassing moment is when, like, the song skips or something, and there's, like, nothing. It's just you. You know, that's always embarrassing. Um, and so I'm just screaming, having a good time, and there's always a moment. It's happened a few times in my life. Watch this. Where Darla will lean over to me, and she'll go, hey, babe. Yeah. That's not what they say. <laughs> what? That's not the lyrics to the song. What? Yeah. What you talking about? Y'all ever had this where you've been singing a song? You know, excuse me, why I kiss this guy? You know, and you think he's saying kiss this guy, but he's saying kiss this guy? No? Okay. Y'all been using that song to get dates your whole life, and you've been wrong. Here was the one that got me forever. You ever heard this song? Um, the actual lyrics, well, I'll say what I used to think it said. I used to think it said this. Um, do it like a lady. Do it like a lady. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I never listened to the rest of the song, but it makes sense. Shop like a lady or whatever. Do the dishes. I'm just kidding. That's sex. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't be sending me emails, okay? Uh, total joke. Um, but then my wife tells me one day, she's like, he says, dude look like a lady. I said, that's not even proper English. Like, what are you talking about? And that's what it says? I mean, the confusion. And I just be in there singing, you know, woo, just loving it. And she's like, hey, 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 you're wrong. You ever had that moment? My desire's not wrong, right? My passion is not bad. It's just I don't have the right direction. And so I'm getting off a little bit. But if you give me the right direction, I can get right back on the right path with my passion. I came to tell you this morning that the desire God put in your heart is not bad. God put it there to speak and move you to the destiny that he's called you, but you need to give God direction. When we try to take direction of our desires, we will always either end up in the pit or we'll end up less than what God intended for us to begin with. You have to give him desire. You know what I've learned? I've learned that the best sinners make the best Christians. You ever notice that? The greatest sinners make the best Christians. You know why that is? Because they got all this desire. They got all this desire, and they don't know what to do with it. That's what happened to me at 17 years old is I had all this passion and this desire to do something great in the world. I didn't want to just work, and I wanted to do something great, and I had no direction. And so I poured it into purchases, and I poured it into making fun of people, and I poured all this desire. And when somebody actually put some direction in my path where I could focus my desire, you ever notice that when you get a magnifying glass, you're taking the sun, and you're focusing in it, and it can burn holes through things. When your desires become focused like that, you start being able to change the world. I have a friend named Russell who is probably one of the worst drug addicts you would ever meet. I could tell you stories. Hopefully he'll come and visit one day and might even let him speak. Uh, just great, great testimony in his life. And once he gave his life to the Lord, he personally started this ministry for drug addicts and, and alcohol addicts who were coming out of that because here's what we know is people say, hey, I want to change. And we say, yeah, you need God. You need to change. And people say, I want to change. And then when they step into the change box, we leave them. What do I do now? It's been my entire life. What do I? And so he started a process that where these young men, and they were, some were grown men, would come through this process and he would disciple them. He'd make them get up every morning at 4 o'clock in the morning and read the Bible. Just cool stuff. And you would just watch guy after guy after guy graduate and, and become, and, and not, not everybody's a great story. Some people would fall back into it because it's real life. But you had miracle stories. And I thought, man, God, see what happens when you start directing desire? Isn't that crazy? Think about your life. When you get close to God and God starts revealing desire. I, have, I was talking to Brian Hall one night, and Brian has this passion for young people passion to be able to create some type of environment for young people to come because we all understand this, that when you're young and you have no direction and yet you have all this time and all this passion, you know, you find the ways to get in trouble, right? And so he wanted to create something for them. And I'm sitting there at his house and he's telling me at the table and I'm thinking, man, this dude has so much desire. God, please just let me help him find direction. Because once we get direction, y'all, we become unstoppable, unstoppable. God put the desire in you so that we would get close to God, right? He put it in us so that we would draw close to him. And once it would be revealed, we would say, all right, God, I don't know what to do with it. What a great desire, but it's above my head. So would you help me and direct me? And once you direct my desire, 
things will happen that I can't explain. Why? Because it was God's plan to begin with. We always want God to shift over to our goals, and God's saying, I created you with this goal. I've already lined up everything you need. The more and more that we operate as a church, it's funny, I'll meet people, and I'll be like, it's almost like God had you here because he knew we were coming. We must be on to something. Maybe God isn't like us. Maybe he doesn't work last minute. Maybe God's got stuff 10 and 15 years already in place, right? Already in place. There's somebody being born right today that God's going to use in his process because once we give over our desire to his direction, God's plan starts to operate. We start to see destiny in our lives, and then we start to see things happen that we as human beings cannot fathom. Cannot fathom. How does... A young boy kill a giant with a rock. Please, you wouldn't even throw a rock at a Rottweiler. How does a little boy slay a giant? Well, how does a little boy slay a giant? Because he surrendered his desire to God, and God put direction behind his desire. I think it's so funny that David was on point with that rock. He had the passion. Right? He had the desire. Remember, he said, I'm going to kill a bear. I've killed a lion. I got the desire. And when he went, I think the rock was going this way somewhere. Uh, let me t- can I tell you all this real quick? Can I tell you this? It's so funny. Okay, so I, I always use sermon illustrations. Y'all are probably starting to pick up on that. But when I was in youth and I was a youth pastor, I did it all the time without intelligent people to help me. Okay, so I would do dumb things. So one time I had this large piece of plexiglass and I had covered it with mud and it represented our sin. And I had this jar or like it was like a, a pitcher filled with water that had been stained red for Jesus' blood. And I, my plan was that the, the blood of Jesus would wash the sins, right? So I would spray it onto the glass and it would, it would, it would take all the mud away. And we'd be like, oh man, your sins are clean, right? And this poor little girl named Jessica, she's sitting over here playing the piano for the all time, you know. <laughs> She's having a good time. And I'm, y'all, y'all, y'all can see how I get. I'm like, ah, you're going to, and I was like 10 years younger then, right? So I'm like, ah, and then all of a sudden I was like, he's going to, he's going to blow, he's going to shit, he's going to, ah, I missed the plexiglass, but I drenched Jessica. Look, no lie, I can still remember to this day. She was like, she was hitting this, ding, ding, and all of a sudden you just start going, she have, because listen, desire without direction will go crazy. That's why I think David sent that rock that way. But God said, whoop, whoop, and directed that rock to, bam, hit him right on the head. Because when God gives direction to our desire, giants fall down, miracles happen, and things that we can only give uh, 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 evidence to God for will be done in our presence because we got the desire, but we don't have any direction. So once we delight in God and discover our desires, and then we give them to God and let him direct them, now, now he speaks to us through them. Now he does. Because see, before, when we read Galatians, they had, they had no discovery of God's, nor any direction, so they were doing this. 
Because when things agree, they do this. And so once you discover and you give direction, that now God can speak to us. And watch this. Now desires are meant to be designated for destiny. Desires are meant to be designated for destiny. When David wrote Psalm 37.4, theologians say he was in his old age. He was near death. If you follow the life of David, <laughs> it's quite a roller coaster. And David could look back and see moments where he was led by God's desires, Goliath, bear, lion, Jonathan, and moments where he was led by his desires, Bathsheba, Absalom, right? And so I think it's interesting that as David is getting into his last days, he sets down to write about desires, knowing he's failed multiple times. He had a son that had to die because he, felt he followed the wrong desires. Got a lot of issues inside of him. And he sits down and he reviews his life. And I think this is what he says. I think he says, wow, when I delighted myself in God, God would direct my desires. And then my desires designated me to destinations. And when it was all said and done, I received the desires of my heart. Delight, take delight in the Lord, and you will receive the desires of your heart. Ah. He left out that middle part. He was so passionate. Ah, ah, ah. Delight in the Lord, the desires of your heart. I think the way God speaks to us through our desires is once we discover and allow him to direct, I think God moves us to designated places for destiny that he has for our life. That's how I think he speaks. You ever seen a connect the dots puzzle? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Not crosswords. Connect the dots. Go ahead and show them an example of what I'm talking about. This would be a connect the dots puzzle. And as usual, when you're looking at a connect the dots puzzle, you have no idea what it is. It could be anything. It could be a bumblebee. It could be a drum head. It could be the sun. You, you, just, you, you, you don't have the process. But, but I think the whole catch with desires is that God, remember how I talked about they have to be a time frame for a destination because God will give you a desire for a season to get you to a destination. Because if he gave you, watch this, if he gave you the desire today for where he wants you 30, from, 30 years from now, you would lose your mind. But he gives you a desire that's going to get you, hold on, hold on, don't go too far, don't go too far. It gets you a desire that goes to your next destination, right? Don't, leave it right there because I got I to gotta prep you all for this. So, so designate it from, from, from one place to another. So let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain this to you. So I come to church, 17 years old. Um, Brian Hogwood brings me to church. I've never been to church in my life. And I walk in, and it, 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 it sounds very tellish, but it, it, took, it took months before I said, man, I want to commit my life to the Lord. But the day one I cried, I remember, I remember, day one I cried because I'd never experienced anything like that before. And I knew when I walked out, and the, and the longer the went, I remember telling Brian things like this. I go, man, I, I just, I just want to be at the church all the time 
all the time. I don't care. God put a desire in my heart to be in the church. I didn't really know why. I didn't really know what it was about. So I would go up, and you know what I ended up doing? I ended up being able to get a custodian job with Brian. There's never been a position that was less effective than me and Brian as custodians together. Never. We got in trouble by a church employee. How does that happen? I don't even know how that happens, right? So, so we become the custodians, but I was so happy because every moment of my life was, was set aside for the church. So I was so excited, but here was the best part about it. They, they knew that, that our passion was to, to share the gospel and to do ministry, so they would let us clock out early. See how I said that? They let us clock out early. That's how the church gets you. Um, let us clock out early, and we would go to what they call sidewalk Sunday school. Okay, so we get on this real functified bus, and we would go right up into these apartment complexes, and they would lower this thing down, and we pull out these old speakers, you know, pull out everything that the youth ministry doesn't want anymore, and we set it up, and we would start, we would go knock on doors, hey, come, 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 hey, come, 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 and we give candy, sugar fire, all these babies as they're coming down, right, and then we start, we do puppets, and we would, we would share the gospel with them, and then we load it all up. That was Tuesday. It was called Terrific Tuesday, and then we would go back to church. And then, and then I found out that on Wednesday, you know, it was youth ministry. So I said, hey, can I clock out early and go assist the youth pastor? And they said, yes, you can. And so I went, and, and I would sit on the computer. He had Microsoft Word and Word document. You know what I'm talking about? Word art. Y'all remember Word art? Ooh, this is when we were in the big leagues, y'all. And so I would sit there and create these hideous logos with Word art for him for eight hours, whatever he needed. And then, and then I found out on Thursday was when they did the food bank. And so Pastor Tim Arthur, he would go down to, to the food bank of Memphis and collect all this food, just carry cans and cans and cans of cans goods. And we'd put them in the back of this van, and we'd drive to the church, and we'd go put it in our food pantry, and then we would tell the community every Saturday, come get two or three bags of groceries. And so I'd go and clock in to cleaning the toilets or running my fingers through pews to be able to get trash. And then I would clock out to go do ministry because there was a desire in my heart, I couldn't explain it, but there was a desire. And so then I found out, I wanted to, I found out the youth pastor could use more help. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to go get a different job that gives me more time to be with you. So I went and got the job of a uh, receptionist, you ready, at a Spanish mortgage company. True story. This was my job. Hello, Casa America, hold please. And then there was a Hispanic receptionist who would then do it in Spanish. And so there was no point for me. I just think the guy loved me and wanted me to, you know, be here. And so every, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'd go to work. He gave me Tuesdays and Thursdays off. My wife would tell me all the time, you can ask her this after service. She'd say, get a job so we can get married. And I'd say, no, you don't understand. God's doing something in my heart. I got to be there. I got to be there. I got to be there. The time will come, baby, right? But I know I'm irresistible, but the time will come. We're going to get there. And so, so I would go up to the church on Tuesday and Thursday, and from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., I'd clock in. Not to get paid, just so he knew I was there. <laughs> 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., I would just sit there and work. He would do meetings, sermon prep. He, sometimes he wasn't there. I would just do work, do work, do work, do work. And then I found out the youth pastor was moving to Florida to plant a church. And the head pastor came and got me. And he said, hey, let's go grab some lunch. I said, okay. He said, you still got that desire? I said, oh, I got the desire. I'm working at a Spanish mortgage company, and I'm just, I'm just I'm desiring to be used by God. I'm desiring to be used by God. He said, look, we're going to open up a cafe. He said, you got the personality. You can run this cafe. I said, cafe? He said, yeah, yeah, we're just going to be at Wi-Fi. This was before, like, this was all big. Like, we're going to have Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know? Woo! And uh, people are going to come here for lunch and all this. It's going to be great. And my pastor at the time, he was visionary. And so I was like, okay. And he goes, and on the weekends, you're going to help with kids' church. And I was like, hmm, I, I know what's up with you, too. And so 
To this day, to this day, the church doesn't have a cafe. To this day, they don't have a cafe. But one year later, Darla and I were being named the children's pastors of the church, okay? And so I had this desire. We were children's pastors. We were like six or seven years we were children's pastors. And, and all of a sudden, I started getting this desire to, to preach more in-depth messages to people who thought more like me because I was having to teach children. And it was, I was ready to really dig into the Word of God. And so I went to the pastor. And I said, hey, is there any way I can do this? And he said, we don't have a young adult ministry. You want to start a young adult ministry? I said, yes. And so me and Darla were the kids' pastors during the week. And on Friday night, we would start a youth, young adult ministry across town called The Well, where I met Tim and Jenny Glimp and Brian Glimp, all right, people who are moved here to help us plant the church. I met them because of The Well, okay? So now I'm there, and I'm doing that, and then Darla gets pregnant with Veda, and so we have to pull back from that, and, and, and I'm still got this desire, and, and something happens with our youth pastor and his wife, and they have to resign, and the pastor says, what if you took the youth ministry and the kids ministry and the young adult ministry, and we just called you this, like, family pastor, and I was like, let's do it, right? And so, so now I'm over all of them, and so on Wednesday nights, we'd preach to youth, and on Sunday morning, we do kids church and then Friday nights when we could whenever Darla was in we would go do young adults and the desires were in my heart and it was taking me places I didn't even fully understand and I couldn't really do what God was calling me to do it was out of my hands but the desires kept moving me from one to two to three to four and then then all of a sudden my, 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 I kept having this still having this desire to to, to create a church where, where people could just come and give their life to Jesus and they could totally get a real real picture of who Christ is and the fact that he has a nick name called friend of sinners and to really be able to grasp who Jesus is and the purpose that God has for their life that it isn't about trying to be some perfect uh, uh, saint but it's all about relationship with Jesus and I still had this desire and I went to my pastor and I said what is wrong with me he said you're going to help me grow this church I said all right that sounds great let's do it and so I would do youth during the week and on Sunday mornings I became his right hand and I would look at the services and I would I would preach when he was gone and years two three years and then they moved me into executive ministry and I'm like, Pastor, I don't know what, I don't, what about me says executive, right? What are you doing right now? And there was a desire, and I'll never forget, I went to his office one day, and I said, that desire is back, and it's not being fulfilled here, Pastor, because where else do I go? You're the pastor, unless you're going to give me your job. We're in his office. He was always a man of few words, and he crossed his legs. He said, I think it's time. Time for what? He said, have you ever thought about planning a church? That was like two and a half years ago. And I'm beginning to learn that my desires are meant to be designated so that I'll get to a destination. Watch this. So that I'll keep going. You can start doing it now. So that I keep getting the destination to where I'm going and it doesn't really make sense but it's starting to, as I go from, from one to two and as I go from two to three and as I go from here and as I'm answering phone calls at a Spanish mortgage company as, I, as I'm over here doing sidewalk Sunday school I don't know what's going on but I have surrendered my desires to God and I've allowed God to direct them and even though I didn't understand where I was at four or five as the pattern begins to make its way I'm recognizing that God has put desires in my heart to speak me into the designation that he wants me for my destiny that's what it's about church I was reading through Psalms and I came upon Psalm, I think it's 71, is it 71? I can't pronounce the guy's name who wrote it. It's like Asf, Asfa, 
You have it? There we go. Because I thought maybe I was losing my mind. Maybe I was making all this up. Then I read this, Psalm 78, 70, 71. He chose David, he who, God, chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. Watch this. From tending the sheep to shepherding his people. From tending his sheep to shepherding his people. It's the same desire, church. It's the same desire. The reason why David wasn't in that room to begin with is because he had a desire to shepherd. And God said, I'm going to take that desire and I'm going to get you into this room. And you know that desire you have to play the harp? I'm going to use that to get you in the palace. And you know that desire you have to shepherd? I'm going to get you into the battlegrounds. And you know that desire you have to let me direct your life? I'm going to let you take out a giant. And as this thing continues to shape, even though you can't quite see it, once it gets to that point, you're going to realize that the entire time I put desires in your heart to designate you to the destiny I called over your life. There it is. There it is. I'll never look at Psalm 37.4 the same again in my life. God put a desire in your heart if you will get close to God and you will let him direct you, he will lead you to the designation that he has planned for you so that you can operate in the destiny he has for your life so that miracles can be done. Can I get an amen? Lord, we thank you for who you are. You're so faithful. God, we worship you. We may not understand what the picture is, but God, when trusting you, to lead our desires, God, you put us in a place. A place where at the end of the day, we say it couldn't be me, it had to be God. Relationships where we say it couldn't be me, it had to be God. Influence, results where we say it couldn't be me, it had to be God. God, I had no idea. And Brian and I were sitting on that sidewalk Sunday school truck probably eating popsicles. I had no idea that there was a desire in my heart to shepherd your people. But I thank you for you speaking through the desires in my heart. And God, I pray right now for everybody in this church, everybody that's watching online, everybody who's serving in Kids. I pray that after this message, They would apply it to their lives and they would ask you, God. They would delight themselves in you. Take a few moments and spend with you and say, what are the desires you put on my heart? And how do I make sure you're directing them so that I can be sure that you can designate me to my destiny? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.